All right, let's, let's do it. All right. Welcome to the Dadpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Oliveira. And today I have a guest with us who's going to talk about not only business entrepreneurship, but spirituality and how you can really nurture your mind, body, and soul, and all of those things to make sure that you can be successful, yes, but also enjoy what you're doing in a healthy way. I want to welcome Jennifer Helene. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I hope to share some nuggets of wisdom. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We were chatting here before, and I think the first topic I really wanted to start with was in regards to young people, because I get these, a lot of millennials and Gen Z who are starting out and they don't want to get a job. They just want to go work. And so that's one of the first topics. But before we do the topic, I want you to go ahead and tell us your story, how you came to acquire these skills that span everything from entrepreneurship to mind, body, and spirit. Well, I've always been interested in health and it was more of a necessity. Um, I grew up in an environment where I knew early on that food could harm and food could heal. And there was a lot of disease. I mean, I was literally in a wheelchair for three years, ages seven to 10. And so I knew that health was a priority. Oftentimes health needs to be taken away from us before we value it. And so for me, life just wasn't as much fun, clearly. Um, I, you know, being in a wheelchair as a kid before there were wheelchair ramps. And so my focus has always been on health. I've been obsessed about it for as long as I can remember. Because as soon as Western medicine really failed me, I was forced to go out and seek my own solutions. But simultaneously, as I was getting my bachelor's and master's in nutrition, I was running an international fashion company. And so being... Um, well, fast forward, I became a Ford model. So I was traveling all over the world, um, modeling for, you know, all the best catalogs in the world. And it was a fantastic career. Got married, moved to Switzerland um, with my German husband, and we started a fashion brand. And so, you know, imagine everything from, you know, fiber creation to point of sale and all the supply chain and points in between. So that was really big undertaking for about a decade. We had a baby, we built a house. I learned to speak two languages fluently and I continued studying nutrition and yoga and my theological interests, you know, Christianity and Judaism and Taoism and Taoism and Sufism and Islam, like all of them. I'm just like so curious about the language of transformation. When I came back to the States about 10 years ago, because so I spent 10 years in Europe, uh, I realized that my passion was needing to be my profession as well. And that's when I started my company, Purposeful Ventures. And we've, oh, we've done, we've done a lot over the last decade in the field of health and wellness and lifestyle medicine protocols for a different, um, for, for a variety of institutes, organizations, and universities. So I've helped thousands and thousands of people regain their, their health. And I train coaches and train the trainers and so on and so forth. So it's been a natural evolution, but really following also what it is I'm here to do. And it, it took me a while to learn that. I, I used to feel envious of my friends who are like, I'm going to be a doctor. And I'm like, how do they know? How do they know? How are they so clear about that? Um, and I think that's a great segue into uh, your question, actually. Okay. Yeah, no, perfect. I, I love it. I think when you speak from experience, it, it immediately people can connect with that, right? So I think one of the things for th those who listen to our podcast here, uh, most leaders that we bring on here, whether they're marketing or, or just entrepreneurs, we often talk about the story. And clearly you have a great compelling story. 
So before we get into the question, tell us how you came to, to learn how to um, unpack that story, because you have to connect with people, right? And you have to be authentic, which you are. Um, but that's very hard for first stage entrepreneurs as well. And so do you have any tips for, you know, building your story? Um, assuming you have a good story, right? You have to have a good story to begin with. Because I hear this from a lot of storytellers and marketers that, hey, we all have stories. We all have a story to tell. But are all the stories as compelling as yours? Hmm. Well, I think every story can be told in hundreds of different ways. And if there's one thing I've learned over the years, it's really understanding your customer. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes we're imposing what we want our customers to know or have or do or be based on our assumptions. Mm. And if I've learned anything as an entrepreneur, it's that that is actually faulty thinking. Mm. We have to know and be so on the pulse of what our demographic, our customers, whether you're reaching out to a new demographic or you're nurturing the current demographic that's in your database or your client base, you have to really understand what their needs are. And so if I'm telling my story, to somebody who's dealing with a compulsive eating disorder or a foodie, I'm going to focus on those parts of my story, my recovery, um, Overeaters Anonymous, like all the diets I've been on, you know, that, that's going to be a, a focal point in my storytelling because it's going to make the most difference. So for me, it's always, how can I create emotional engagement and tell my story in a way that is going to make an impact, that's going to inspire, that's going to um, educate And so for me, it's always, you know, making sure I'm on the pulse of who I'm talking to, what's important to them, what are their values, and then where are the intersections with them and my story. And so it does take a bit of digging. It does take time. It's not automated. It can be once your demographic is nailed. Like, let's say for me, I work with women and I work with some men, but I mean, I really work with women on how to you know, manage their overwhelm, high-performing women. So I know, and I've thought a lot about their wants and their aspirations and their fears. Um, I understand uh, what's in the way, their objections, right? So I can really tell my story in a way that's connecting to what's most relevant for them. Mm, I love it. And that's really solid advice because it's meeting your, your viewer if you're online, your customer, if you're, let's say at a conference or a call, it's meeting them where they're at in, in sort of customizing, um, not customizing the story or embellishing it, but it's understanding their needs. And so often brands, they're just in their own space, right? They're creating their own stories because they think that's what people want to hear. And we see that with a lot of companies right now who are on that bandwagon with certain social issues. And some are really authentic and they register with you, but others you go, you know, you're just trying to sell something, you know, you're just trying to sell something and it's not the the right time or or moment, right? Like I saw a tweet a few days ago um, uh, with Louis Vuitton and and they sort of did their tribute to their designer who just passed, Mm -hmm. but it was like this whole entire like 20 minute video, which was a tribute to him, right? Was pretty much about selling more merchandise. And to me, I I thought it just such a big brand like that. It, it, it dropped because it felt like you were selling and they were putting together this film to honor this man who did so many great things in this world and this moment of loss, but instead it felt like salesy. And so Mm -hmm. I'm always critical of brands of my own 
uh, uh, selling style with, with my own team too. And so when it, when people are listening here, I think the, the advice that you gave is, is really, really solid. It's to be authentic and to be mindful, have empathy for the person on the other side. So I love what you're saying there, but let's get back to the, to, to the original question that I keep taking you in so many different directions as I do on this podcast. That's so fine. Be patient with me. Um, millennial and, and Gen Z, they're going out in the real world and they're going to have the challenges considering obviously COVID and all this other stuff in order for them to have the optimal health and success with their business and everything else. What are some tips that you can give them? How old are your kids? Well, my kids are all small. They're three, six, nine, 11. 11. Okay. So you've got an 11 year old. Um, Well, the reason why I ask is because um, here we are. I mean, you're younger than I am, but here we are. And I don't know if you've noticed and probably have, but my daughter, she's 17 now. She thinks in a really different way than I do. Sure. Her world looks different, even though it's kind of the same. It's so different with technology. And the work ethic that I'm seeing from her and her peers is really different than mine. And then I hear from my peers who are in the, in, you know, restaurant owners, business owners, high turnover. I can't get these guys to stick with it. Like, you know, these, they're not, the work ethic is different. So it's interesting because I'm hearing these two worlds, right. And I'm definitely in, and I'm feeling my age. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I really, I'm not sure I really fully understand how she's, how she's thinking through. So, but it's taking me some time, right? Because we have to work together in our household. There's chores, there's, you know, you know, we get, she gets money every month for her chores. There's accountability. She actually works for me. My, my daughter works for me now. Oh, nice. Yeah. And so well, what she said, we work together. That's more respectful because she's such a powerhouse <laughs> and she has so many great ideas. Um, and so I just want to preface the answer with all of this, because this is the soup that we're, we're in. And so if you've got a lot of, um, you know, young people, entrepreneurs who are starting out, uh, you know, <laughs> I think the most important thing is to figure out why you're here. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds so obtuse, but what is the point? Why are you here? Why is your voice unique? Why is the way you present ideas unique? Why is the way you think unique? What are you attracted to? That's something that really lights you up. What is um, the reason why you were put here in this life? Because there's some, I know this, like I talk about health. It's a $3 trillion industry, at least. You know, there are thousands of people writing books and talking about health, but why, why do people listen to me? What's the, you know, what, what is it about the way I've developed my unique perspective on health that is fascinating for people, that people want to engage and enroll in my programs? And it's because of the way I speak. And it took me so long to understand that, that the, my, my unique imprint, just like my voice or my thumbprint, right? Unlike anyone else in the world. And for me to believe that that actually made a difference. So I feel like the first step yeah, we all need to make money. We need to eat. We need to put a roof over our head. Perhaps even more important, internet <laughs> and phone for these kids. <laughs> it's like the air. For sure. Breathe. Yeah, they um, give up food for 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 a smartphone with good connection. Yeah, there's like a water main break in our neighborhood today, and I'm like, oh, there's no water. Oh, but there's internet, so we're good. <laughs> we're good to go. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, it's a completely different reality. It's a completely different world, and and young entrepreneurs today are shaping our future. 
And I do believe that if we can go to the source of our purpose, why we're here, that, that young entrepreneurs do things that light them up and that they feel are making a difference to have their voices heard. I truly am excited and believe that our future holds a really positive, uplifting, you know, possibility from these kids. You probably have noticed your kids. I mean, it is so interesting to see how they're shaping reality. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it's, it's um, the trend. I think the trend is not only in corporate America and around the world, whether it's work from home, the great resignation, uh, schools working virtually, more families homeschooling. Um, all, all around what I'm seeing, which I love, this is, the I think, one of the few positive changes in the world during COVID. It's forcing people to work independently. Yeah, and I've noticed that because I every year I hired dozens and dozens of interns from many universities. Nice. And and it was nice when we had them in the office, 10, 12, 15 of them in the office with us. We don't anymore. So when we hire them, we do all the assessments, the disc, this, the that, and then we give them projects. Mm-hmm. And what I what I've noticed is independent of their disc assessments, there's this like new level of of, of independence mm-hmm. and, and just their self-starters. And I'm thinking like, wow, this is so cool because I've been doing this for two decades. And that was something that I would always recognize there's leaders and there's the ones who just want to be led. Um, but not lately, lately, as I bring them aboard, a I uh, give them a project and, and you give them permission to fail, make mistakes and all of that. And they come up and, and they do great things, mm-hmm. but I, I have to give them that permission. So where, where I see the mistakes with many employers, especially when they look at younger people, is they, they are saying, look, they grew up with technology. They're not old school. They don't have good work ethics. And I, I don't see that. So I'm interested to hear from you what you're hearing from your clients. Well, I think you just nailed it. It's about ownership. They want to know that they're making an impact. They want to know that their voice is heard. And I don't, I don't know um, about I mean, I get the sense that the, my experience is that they're very clear about what they're not going to do and what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. And they need to feel that you respect them. Maybe yeah. not as an equal, but you have to, you, I, I really believe that they, they need to take ownership and you need to give them ownership because they are brilliant. I, I spoke at the UN Youth Summit before COVID hit and it was incredible. I was speaking about eating for peace. Mm. That, you know, your choices matter. You vote with your dollar. And, and more importantly, folks, you, you vote by the business you, you create. Totally. And it's really important that we have purposeful businesses. Uh, and only purposeful businesses are born from people who are really clear on why they're here and what they're here to do and how they're going to contribute to the betterment of humanity. Mm-hmm. And you can make money doing that. Absolutely. And, and I think to, to that end, what you're saying, too, is then you have to be aware that there it's okay if you can't acquire the market share of people who don't align with your values. There are enough people on the planet right. that you can risk that. Absolutely. And you're going to do yourself a favor because then you're really going to know who you're talking to and what's relevant for them. But at this youth summit, the adults kind of look like idiots. I mean, yeah, we had great talks and important and relevant topics, but the mm-hmm. kids, they should have been in charge. Wow. What they were saying, how they were saying it and their passion. It was just, I was blown away. Like, wow, <laughs> this is exciting. So yeah. And it's, I mean, so see, I, I hear and, and feel your energy and you're optimistic. And that's how I feel about the future and these kids, regardless of pandemic or this or that. If anything, it looks 
it looks to me like this new breed of leaders that are going to come into the world, they're going to be more equipped to solve the biggest problems like COVID. Yeah. Right. But, um, but I think if I could take a step back for now moving from the young people to the second, third stage entrepreneurs, people my age, you know, Gen Xers, baby boomers, um, not everybody is experiencing success, especially during COVID. I've had many clients uh, choose to either shut down, sell their business, or just, you know, be done with their, with their uh, business. So, so it's not all happy stories. Um, what can an entrepreneur who's, you know, going through some really rough times could be financially, could be with employees to, to nurture the mind, body, soul. I know you talk about the food, the exercise, like what are the things that you can do daily routines to really promote that healthy mind, Uh, body, and soul? Yeah, this is a great question. It's something I do a lot of educating and speaking about and thinking about. Um, I think it's a a huge transitional time for all of us. Mm -hmm. I hear also from my audience that uh, people are quitting their jobs and there's this um, ambiguity. There's a space of not knowing, which can be very, very scary for people because they don't know what they're going to do. They're not even sure why they've done what they've done up until now, (laughs) decades, you know? So it is, I don't want to, I don't want to underplay the intensity of these times, especially this year um, and the kind of severity that it can have because anxieties at at a, at a, all time high suicides are at all time high overdoses. Like, you know, it's, the indicators are there that this is, this is a time where a lot of us are struggling and our weight gain is going up. Um, health is going down, you know, the, the, the comorbidities that cause disease are, you know, so this, this time is very real. So I just wanted to illustrate that and, and really have my heart go out to what's real for people. How am I going to feed myself? How am I going to keep heat in my home? How am I going to keep my house? Like I get it. And I think that um, you can't avoid what you're meant to do. You can try. But I also feel that we have cert- we have control over certain things in our lives, like how we act, how we respond. But I do think that I do believe that there's a greater plan not so much religious per se, but I do believe there's a greater plan and you can't avoid it. So if there's something that's breaking down in your life, that only means it's going to be rebuilt. When you look back at my life and you may have the same experience, you didn't know why all those things happened that were difficult, but in the end, you're like, oh, I had to go through this, that, and the other to help so-and-so, or I had to have that experience because, um, you know, I'm starting this business over here. Um, and so I, I, I just, there's no mistake in the events in your life. The biggest thing you can do to stay well is really connect with nature. And that's a big thing, actually. But every day, even if it's cold, go outside, breathe fresh air, get fresh sunshine on your skin. And I know this is so basic, but people are not doing it. We're not doing it. No, you're you're right. I mean, I spend a lot of time when I'm on just if I'm on a call, I'll put on a headset and I'll go to the yard. And I know my neighbors look at me like what? And I'm pulling weeds. Yeah, I I love the smell of the dirt. Yeah. We, we RV with the kids. So that's our favorite thing to do. And when you're out in the middle of nowhere with just you, trees, birds, if there is a, a level of connectivity to yeah. you and to something bigger exactly. and it, you just have to pay attention, right? So you're not going to have your phone on you. <laughs> right. 
which is why you and I were talking earlier. And I said to you, I've changed my business over the last 10 years, especially over the last five to accommodate and adapt so that my family can have a better, more purposeful life. So when I have colleagues and friends who say, Oh my God, don't you want to scale again to this? I said, no, I don't because money is not the, the issue. I'm making a great living. I'm able to help people. Um, so why, why do I need to get to this other big level? Um, for what, you know, when all we want to do is be outside, we want to be at the beach, we want to be in the the forest. Right. So I love what you're saying. And it's something that, um, you know, none of my guests have talked about here before. So go a little bit deeper for me and talk to us about that being in nature and spirituality and all of that. I believe nature is our greatest teacher and uh, it teaches us everything. So when I say go out of nature, yes, get the fresh sunshine, fresh air, because it gives you perspective. Mm -hmm. It puts things in perspective because you don't really have control over everything, but being out in nature, gives you the clarity of mind. It gives you the clarity of breath. And like you said, connects you with this larger force that's actually driving everything. And so equally, like with your diet, eating with nature. So being connected enough to your environment to eat foods that are in season, that are ripe, maybe finding your farmers that are local and eating from those farmers, eating the fruit that's ripe and local in season fruits and vegetables in high quantities is going to get you better health outcomes than eating processed prepackaged food that has chemicals, additives, preservatives, pesticides, herbicides, and fungicides. Like all that stuff is taking energy away from you. So if you want vitality and you want energy and you want like quality, you know, performance in your brain to run your business and your household and everything else that you have to run, you've got to fuel your body with high quality oxygen, high quality nutrients, and then you have to move. It's so, so important to move your body. Exercise. Yes. (laughs) But like, not just check it off your list. Like I'm going to go for a run, you know? Yeah, you could do that. But if you could turn your exercise into an emotionally engaged embodiment practice to really like put some music on or do a breathing technique or somehow take um, a struggle a concern, a fear, a frustration into your workout, you know, you, and, and really use your workout to, you know, express it, release it. Cause you know, I don't know about you. Um, I think you're, I think you're married, but I, you know, I'm in a long-term relationship and we'll have a fight. And for the life of me, I could not tell you what I was fighting with him about the last three or four fights, no idea. <laughs> but in the moment it was so, you know, it's like all this, yeah. it's like, if I can take that and then, then, then into my workout, then I don't yeah. have to smear it on my kids or my business colleagues or my partner. Like, you know, it's like this is one of the keys. Um, and I tend to like to be outside while doing exercise. Mm-hmm. Um, I live in a mild environment, so I can do that, but Um, so those would be like really food, fitness, and mindset. What gets you to the mindset? I think the most efficient thing is the movement. Now I could, I mean, I've studied frameworks. I've spent well over a million dollars in self-improvement in the last 27 years, and I could give you framework after framework, after framework of intellectual constructs. But honestly, if I'm going to give you like the biggest secret, it's that emotionally engaged movement practice, AKA exercise. (laughs) Yeah. And I, and I think like there's a connection to sometimes we, if you dig deep as to why something is important to you, um, you, 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 you start to discover like why it it can be good for you. So like for me, it's uh, basketball, 
I love to play basketball. I don't have to play with anyone or even with my kids. Usually I'm in the driveway playing. And for me, there's a connection because when I came to the US um, as a kid, you know, we're immigrants. We had nothing. We lived in an apartment. So the only time I got to play basketball was in the basketball court. So I, I told myself then, right, like I saw friends who had a house with a, a basketball hoop and their driveway. I said, man, I'm going to have that one day. Now, that might be insignificant to most people, right? Like, big deal, a basketball hoop. It was big to me, right? So I go back to my like 10 year old self. And when I'm out there in the driveway and I'm playing hard, right? I'm playing hard and it, it's, it, it feels so good. Or when we're out in our bikes and we yeah. stop and pet a tortoise as we did this week, it, 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 yeah. it all is connecting and you're getting that workout. Like yeah. you're getting that workout. Well, I think you just nailed it. And it's play. Like as adults, we don't play. And we think play is, you know, maybe, and it's, I'm not poo-pooing this. I'm not like, I have no judgment around it, but play for most adults is drinking alcohol, having sex and gambling, gambling, or maybe even, you know, skydiving or something, you know, like that, but which is, which is fine. Right. I'm not saying I don't want to judge it, but I do want to say that this kind of innocent play that you and I were talking about for you, basketball, for me, maybe dancing, um, well, actually play for me is really with food. I love to make healthy food taste fabulous. That's awesome. <laughs> it's really fun, but everyone, we all need to play. And I think yeah. play, we need to get a little bit more creative and give ourselves a little bit more permission to play. And this seems so counterintuitive because we started this conversation with like, I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. I need to change my career. I don't know how I'm going to feed my family to this. And it seems totally counterintuitive, but I guarantee you, that the creative ideas about what your next step is are going to come in when you're playing and you're in nature and you're in alignment with what nature demands because nature's in charge. If anyone's been in a fire, a hurricane, a tsunami, uh, earthquake, you know, nature's in charge no matter what. And there, and, and so we have to kind of work on getting out of our own way, actually, in our fear, in our doubt, in our disbelief. You know, like we have to really remove those things. And for me, the best way to do that for my clients, myself, and the people that I mentor and coach the trainers is really like honing in on self-care, like going to bed at a good time, staying well hydrated, exercise, you know, just doing the things we all know to do to take exquisite care of us, as opposed to eating ice cream and binge watching Netflix and living a sedentary life and being totally paralyzed by our fear and anxiety. Cause those are two ends of the spectrum. Absolutely. And I know you, you, you talk with your body of work about, you know, training, like the the words like training, coaching, and those to me are not new terms as far as like, uh, uh, self-growth, uh, upskills, lifelong learning, like those things I've been doing for two decades. And I I'm, I'm just always astounded that I meet entrepreneurs who are like, they stopped learning long ago because they're making money. And I'm saying to them, well, that's, you know, sometimes if you're not happy, even though you're making money, it's because you stopped learning. So you're not being challenged. So you talk Mm. about training for a healthy mind and body. And, and when you were just talking about your last point there, I thought there is this, like, even if you're not someone who's out in nature or playing with their food or dancing, Mm. what you'll notice is that if you start doing these new things, there is like a, a, um, sort of like a, an evolution. It's like training. And the more you do it, the more you discover new things. So for me, like when I'm stumped for ideas, I either 
turn to meditation or mm. I turn to a long drive to where I haven't been before. I love getting lost somewhere. Mm. And I'm like, oh, what's this place, you know? And then the ideas just come, mm-hmm. boom, boom, boom. Now you could say it's because I'm asking the world for it. Well, whatever it is, it works for me. So talk to me about like, again, this creativity and the, 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 the training your mind to, to, to do these new things, you know? And I think, I, I, I'm sure you will agree that meditation is a great tool for some. It's for, you know, to lessen the anxieties for others. Like for me, it's for both that and to uh, come up with new ideas. So what do you, what do you think about those, those things? Well, I could really instruct like a week long workshop on this. <laughs> okay. Let me get, let me topic. get some more water. <laughs> I mean, it's a really, really big topic. Um, There are those that need to cultivate creativity and are stuck and struggle. And then there are those that have so much creativity, they can't decide which idea to follow. Um, So there's there, you know, and I'm sure there's some people in in between. Um, And uh, I think it's really interesting to point out that we have these um, pathways that we walk on. Mm -hmm. You probably noticed you spend more time maybe in your kitchen or your office or your bedroom, you know, wherever, like we all have these pathways we go on. Like my daughter never goes in my bedroom anymore, right? (laughs) That's like a new, there's new steps over there. And I'm only using that as an example because uh, in our brains and in our cells and in our nervous system, we have a similar phenomena. We have thought patterns that are repetitive, we have, um, you know, meetings and people and things like we're, 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 our energy is flowing based on our attention, where our attention is going. And so it's really important for us to take a step back from ourselves to start to observe what are the predictable patterns mm-hmm. that, that I do uh, when hunger comes. Am I in a, in a guilty conversation with myself? Like, oh, you, if you eat that, that's not good. Or if you eat that, that's also not good. Or, you know, all it's like, mm-hmm. what, what, are, what's going on in there? Because a lot of us don't even realize it. It's just automatic. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, that is taking up a lot of energy, time, and space. And so when we do intermittent fasting, we're interrupting a pattern because we want the body to uh, stoke its metabolism in a certain way, or we want to let the body give its, give the body more time to do their digestive process or have that fasting, you know, so there's all, all these diets and all these uh, lifestyle medicine protocols, we're all working on behavioral change, but if if, when you look at the root of it, it's interrupting patterns. Mm -hmm. So how do you interrupt a pattern that you're not aware of? So the first step is actually what, what are my patterns? Um, even if, for example, I go on the same trail every day, I'm not really going to be, for me personally, as present that if I go on a new trail, like you were saying, like something I've never, like your attention is really, really different. So I think it's really important that we all look at our patterns, decide which ones are productive on purpose, have integrity, which ones aren't, and then interrupt the patterns that you don't think are really serving your highest good, aren't giving you energy, aren't working towards your goals, aren't, you know, part of your purpose, are they're out of alignment with who you actually are, and so on and so forth. And so it's actually an interruption of that, that your nervous system adjusts, your brain adjusts, your endocrine system adjusts, your cells adjust, and then you actually have new life. Why is it that calorie restriction is one of the, the most important things as we age? Um, it's because we're challenging our body. Like we had to challenge our muscles. You know, when you challenge your bicep, it's like, it burns. It's like, oh my God, my arm is going to fall off. And then it's over, but yeah. you changed your muscle. 
And change actually kind of feels like that in the physical and non-physical realms. And so sometimes stopping a pattern can be really challenging. We work all the time with people who are in recovery, addicted to sugar and flour and all kinds of things. And, and we're all in recovery on some level, either from a negative thought (laughs) or, you know, a repetitive pattern, you know, like I'm not enough. It's not good enough. You know, like whatever it is, whatever's running the show, it's like this dull hum that is dictating how you see and respond to the world and therefore also what you're bringing back into your world. So the first step is what's the pattern? Second step, decide which one do I want to interrupt? And then how am I going to interrupt it? You know, and then, whoa, watch out. Like you seal up all those power leaks through that process. And like, you can't even, you can't even imagine the information that comes in, how deeply you sleep, how energized you are, how clear you're thinking, but you, you got to go in and do that cleanup work. Just like you like dust your floor, you know, you got to like, you got to do that cleanup work in, in its uh, internal. Absolutely. And you know, um, this is something I share with my community and my, my clients and everyone all the time is that, you know, things are not always what they seem. So even though if like you and I are sitting here, and giving this advice based on our experiences and results, it doesn't mean that we don't have some of those issues or procrastinations or things like that either. We do. Oh my gosh. The trick is that we're (laughs) continuously working to make sure that we don't fall off the horse too. So I always like to make people aware that like, listen, all of us are in this same boat. Like we all live in the same earth here and struggle with a lot of the same things, but it's like, what are you going to do to make that change so you could have a better life? And I think that the unique perspectives that you've brought to, to, to the podcast today, which span everything from like your, your experience in the fashion industry and running your own businesses and working globally. And then of course, food, exercise, everything for this like healthy formula for a better life is, is been really, really fascinating. I want to end it with you telling us, you know, if, if I have an entrepreneur who's listening and they're not feeling like they're balanced or something missing, where do they go to connect with you, Jennifer? Mm, we can go to my website, jennifer-helene.com. And there's a free seven-day lifestyle reset program. So you can sign up and you'll get a seven-day, it's really a 10-day email series and a beautiful downloadable, you know, booklet of recipes and equipment and, and lifestyle suggestions. So that's there for you. If you, if you know, you have a little cleanup work to do. Um, and that, yeah, so hopefully you, you know, you can also contact me there. Um, there's a contact page, but that, that, that seven day lifestyle reset is really wonderful. And people get tremendous results. Like it is that simple. Like your next thought, your next meal, your next bite, your next breath. I love it. I'm definitely going to check it out. Um, before I let you go, being that it's, you know, here, we're almost at the end of 2021, which doesn't always mean something to some people, but I think so many of us make these resolutions. Here's what's what it's going to look like, considering that there's probably lots more, you know, changes coming with COVID and whatnot. What, like, what words of wisdom could you leave us with here today? Hmm. The words of wisdom for 2022 is actually my hope is really that it's filled with grace because 2021 has been really intense, unrelentingly intense. So that's my hope. But I also um, think we forget about uh, how powerful we are and how much influence we have over not only our life and what we're creating, but by all the people that we touch 
from anything from a thought to a conversation to an interaction at the grocery store. So I, I just want to remind people um, of their power, their power to create their reality, their power to heal their bodies, um, and to also create transformation um, on the planet. Because I believe this is a time when people are really ready to take full responsibility for their lives on all levels, health, relationships, work, and um, you are the creator of everything. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Jennifer. <laughs> it's my pleasure. Thank you, Alex. Be well.